Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. I would just encourage husbands, it may not be a dance team for your wife, but like find a way to give her that time. And then I'm telling you, when she sees you being intentional about giving her that time, it naturally, she feels cherished and she's going to lean in more to you because she knows you're trying to, to be a true partner. That's Ashley Willis talking about the need to be intentional in your marriage. And she and her husband, Dave, are once again with us here at Focus on the Family. Thank you for joining us. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, we had a great conversation last time. It's always good to talk to Dave and Ashley. They bring great energy and wonderful content to help in so many areas, marriage, parenting, kind of core to what we do. And we're going to continue this discussion uh, based off their uh, two companion books, Seven Days to a Naked Marriage. And everybody goes, what? What did he just say? But it's talking about that intimacy. And last time they mentioned, you know, God himself said Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And that is a good metaphor for where we need to get to in our intimacy, emotional intimacy, intellectual intimacy, physical intimacy, as we move into our marriage. And I'm telling you, more marriages would be thriving if we could be vulnerable like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're glad to have Dave and Ashley back. Uh, They've written, uh, they speak a lot, they do a a lot of different things. They have a podcast, an online marriage community, strongermarriages.org, and uh, you can learn all about them and these great books, Seven Days to a Naked Marriage, the Husband's Edition and the Wife's Edition. Uh, you can and do not get those confused. They're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> color-coded, right? Yes. So uh, be sure to look for all the details about the guests and the resources uh, at focusonthefamily.ca. Dave and Ashley, welcome back. Hey, thank you, thank you for having us. We yeah. love love hanging out with it's you guys. It's day two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, the content is so good. This is what I love. And I hope I hope you, the listener and the viewers on YouTube, you're enjoying this because it's great content and it really does help if your heart's open. And if you're in a tough spot, we didn't say this last time, but you know, mm-hmm. marriages, we go through different seasons. If you're in a more difficult place where it is hard, give us a call. We have counselors and other resources that would be geared to you. But this is, you know, great tune-up content where maybe you're just flat. You don't know why things aren't the way they used to be. (laughs) These are wonderful habits that you need to develop in order to have a healthy and strong marriage. In fact, last time uh, we began to talk about kind of the vows. We didn't describe it that clearly, but the books really go through the marriage vows. Mm -hmm. And you guys do a wonderful job talking about uh, to love and cherish. And we were able to touch on that last time, uh, for better or for worse, as an example. Maybe we'll be able to get to that a little more today. But that concept is what we're going after. And we will loosely do it because I think we're all extroverts. So I don't know if we can stay on track. But (laughs) let's get it going. Uh, The next wedding vow on your list deals with finances for richer or for poorer. Um, We tend not to talk about that much. Mm -hmm. It does create a lot of pain. It usually, in the folks that are responding to us with marital difficulty, it's up there number one or two. It's usually physical intimacy or financial struggles are causing fractures in the marriage. So speak to the vow for richer or for poorer. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's a big one. And it's one that Dave and I, going into marriage, you know, we talked about premarital counseling. We did talk through this. And honestly, we got married so young that we weren't managing a lot of money or anything yeah, at the time. Yeah. We were really just trying to, we so to make ends meet. So broke. There was not money to, to really talk about. It was just <laughs> that like, sounded no. like a joke setting up. We <laughs> no. were so broke. We were. Yes. I no. mean, seriously. I was still in college. Like, I had another semester and a half, or I guess a year and a half to finish of college. And Dave, like, he graduated college one weekend we got married the next weekend and then he started working for our college like that was his first job and so we weren't you know we didn't really have a lot of money to manage but we we really got into the trap of credit card debt because mm-hmm. it's easy oh my gosh oh, yeah, it's so easy yeah. makes and up the gap it does yeah. it does and we just didn't really we didn't really at, at the beginning know how to communicate about that but it kind of you know real fast we were like we got to get a hold of we, this yeah, and um, and really not see each other as the enemy. Like we, again, we have to see that we're on the same team. Well, we're going to work through this together. Well, this year one of your marriage. That's yes. pretty mature. Well, Some people in year 10, 20 <laughs> don't even have, well, it's, you know, we got to get a hold of this and well, we're together. We're on one team. We we tried. I mean, I'm, I'm saying we knew we had to get a hold of it. <laughs> Getting there was a whole other right. thing. Okay, it, was a, okay. it was a process. It was a, pro- a long yeah. process. Yeah. Dave yeah. Ramsey has not used us as a case study in what to do right. <laughs> this is true. Because <laughs> yes. we did a lot wrong. Um, but we just didn't have much money and we were we were spending credit cards on credit cards and then rolling over balances and and mm-hmm. trying to manage all of that and we realized quickly like all right we we've, we've got to have a plan we had not ever budgeted we had not ever really talked about money we were just like well if we need something we'll buy it and we'll figure it out and that wasn't working we were digging ourselves into a hole mm-hmm. and it was creating so much stress so much unnecessary just stress on mm-hmm. our lives and so we started a process of, of getting out. We And really, it comes down to communication, really. We're going to talk about purchases. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to make any purchase that's outside of kind of the regular bills and groceries, we're going to call each other and just say, like, hey, is there money in the bank for this? Is now a good time to, to get this thing? And just keep each other in the loop. Right. Um, when couples start hiding purchases from each other or, you know, hiding money at all, I think that that's such a, a toxic thing that will create a wedge in your marriage. But we just decided, listen, it's all God's anyway. Like, he owns everything. We're, we're temporary stewards of it, whether it's a little or a lot. At that time, it was very little. Mm-hmm. And so let's manage this well, and let's figure out how to make this work with what you we know, have. It's really good that you're saying it in that context, because I'm sitting here thinking of naked and unashamed, you mm-hmm. know, kind of the theme of the books. And that's an area where where people hide. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, because there's, yes. there's issues there. There's insecurities, binge buying. Mm-hmm. There is a, a medicating effect, too, for a lot of, not just women, but men, too, where, yes. you know, you soothe some of those aches by overspending. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just got to get control of that. Right. And I guess one of the key questions there is having little, I mean, I'm sure the school was paying you $3.16 oh, an hour. <laughs> That's a windfall, Lucrative. man. Yeah, but, but, you know, at what point can you discern between we actually, if we spend wiser, we have enough. Yes. It may be just enough, but there is enough if we're wise about what we have. Right. That's the problem. How do you discipline yourself to do it? What did you guys do practically to say, okay, here's what you get. You don't get to go out for a coffee for five bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, we really, we really just dialed in our spending because we had to, because we knew that just being disciplined in our spending is the path to freedom. And I think that that's what we don't understand so many times is we feel like it's this straight jacket on us when we can't spend whatever we want and we can't just, you know, load up on the credit cards. But when we, we realize, like, we're going to be a slave to the credit card, a slave to having all this debt, if we don't get a grip on this and, and pay off this debt as fast as we can and also really get our spending, 
you know, just dialed in. And and I think the more we saw that balance come down on our credit card, that felt good. I mean, that oh, felt yeah. like a path to freedom. You were making it. Yes, making we were making difference. it. We yeah. were, and we were paying more than the minimum payment because we were really drastically seeing it come down. And then really seeing, like like you said, we really had more than we really needed. Like we had a hot meal, we had a, a roof over our head, and it was like the joy that we found in not being not fighting over money, not oh, yeah, feeling yeah. like, you know, we, a lot, a lot of times we'd feel like failures, you know, you'd feel like a failure. Well, when I would you'd es- get especially that bill. like I'm the man, yes. I'm supposed to be a provider and mm-hmm. I can't, I can't provide. And she was so tender and compassionate and caring, you know, with me to affirm me during those very, very lean years. But yeah. what we both realized is like the freedom and peace that comes with, with not being in this crippling debt is so much better than anything we could buy to put us into debt. Yeah. Yes, and, like a paid off car oh, man. is the best kind of I car. Still drive, <laughs> you know I still I'm drive saying? an old beat up car and I love yes. it because a, a paid off car smells better than it the new car great. smell if, if uh, you got a car payment. So yeah, so, yeah we've, we've still tried to live lean. Let's move on to the next one in terms of the vows in sickness or in health. Uh, how's the application work there? I mean, obviously people go through difficulty, sometimes early in their marriage, but more typically it's later. Yes. yes. And there are tragic stories and people mm-hmm. call us where their spouse has left them because they hit a health wall. And man, that's that's so yeah. discouraging. It right. is. I mean, that's the most extreme where a couple can't hold together through that. But mm-hmm. describe what you're getting at with in yeah. sickness or in health. Well, I mean, it's it's a privilege. You have to see it as a privilege to serve your spouse in those times when they, they really they need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a burden, but a privilege. Mm-hmm. And Ashley and I, even though we've not experienced some of the extreme situations of sickness that many have, and, and for those who have, you know, our hearts go out to you in those situations, we, we've experienced what for us has felt extreme at times. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm sure over the years we'll ex- experience more. I know Ashley's, uh, she went through a long mental health battle fairly early in our marriage we walked through. In more recent years, um, I got diagnosed with a, a thyroid disorder, an autoimmune disease that um, was just bringing my energy down. My my hormones were off. My mental clarity was off. Like everything was off. A lot of mood. mood. Yeah, I was moody. Like I was just off. And I hate going to the doctor. So I, for years, I just... Didn't go to the doctor. I'm like, I'm fine. I don't need a doctor. I'm not going to go <laughs> sit in that waiting room and, you know. But Ashley finally encouraged me to go. And I, I went and got blood tests and realized that I had a lot that was off. And uh, and it, it put us on a journey of, like, getting the medications right, getting the getting everything that needed to happen to get back to just being normal. Mm-hmm. But But it was a process. And through that process, I wasn't at my best. I was grumpy. I was moody. Um, I was just the worst version of myself. And Ashley, instead of responding to me being grumpy and not myself with her grumpiness, she instead, she showed extra grace and extra kindness. And I'm just so thankful for that, uh, the, the tenderness she showed through that whole season. Um, and I'm I'm just publicly want to say thank you, my love. Like, it was so amazing how you kind of walked with me through that to kind of get to a place now where I'm back myself and feeling great again. And but it was a process, and it there, was were, a there long were several process. years yeah. where I just felt off. I, I didn't have energy. I didn't have um, – I, I don't know. I mean, I can't even put words to it, but I was yeah. – Yeah, was, let, me, it was let me ask you, Ashley, because, uh, again, these are forks in the road, I guess yes. you could say, as a married couple. And, again, it doesn't have to be the D word, but mm-hmm. there's a fork in the road. Right. And you're going to say, come on, one fork will say. Mm-hmm. Come on, Dave. Snap I mean, out of it. Let's right. go. Right. Get to the doctor. I've told you 14 times to go to the doctor. What's your problem? Right. <laughs> and the other fork is to do what you did. Right. 
But unfortunately, as human beings, that's the more... It's like the forks, one's downhill, our flesh, mm-hmm. and the other one's uphill, yes. our spirit, to respond with that. Right. So how do you do that? How does a spouse say, okay, I get it, quietly in their own heart, right. and then say, this is what he needs, this is what she needs, and then you put it in that gear and you go. I know for me, and I, I didn't always do this perfectly. I mean, Dave's been so sweet to, to sing my praises over here. I mean, I've had frustrating moments with Dave in this in this journey. And we'll get to those in a minute. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of stories there, too. Get the book for full details. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, on it, to be very honest, and this may sound like such a, an obvious answer, but I mean, truly, it, prayer is what paves the way. Like, prayer is what makes that path clear. And, um, you know, what do we do? You know, we go to, to God, we go to God every day, hopefully, but especially when we're in times of trials, you know, and seeing my husband suffer and just not, you know, especially knowing something's off and not knowing for a while, we didn't know what it was. And uh, I think just praying about it in my prayers, it was like God was keeping my heart tender because when we pray, he doesn't always give us clear answers right away. Yeah, it's a journey. Good. You know, it's just that, that light into our path, but but keeping a tender heart is huge. And I know there were times where Dave would just, I mean, he would just be in a mood. And Dave is generally, you guys know Dave, yeah. he's generally a happy guy. Yeah. But he, when his family, his brothers, okay, you know, brothers love to call it like it is. They call him BMD, Bad Mood Dave, because they're like, Bad Mood Dave is like really Bad Mood Dave, okay? He's just like everything rubs him the wrong way, you know? And it's not that he's yelling at anybody. He's just, his whole being, you can just sense like he's just not in a good yeah, way. I just get in a negative spiral that I couldn't pull out yes. of. And, mm. the, and, yes. the, and again, like my, my serotonin was off, my hormones were off. And I would recognize like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to act this way, but I didn't know how to pull out of it. Yeah. Mm. And your, your tenderness really helps through that season. Well, and what I would say is, sweetie, because sometimes I don't think he even realized how like yeah, negative how bad it was. And even towards the kids. And I yeah. would go up to him and I would say, Dave, you probably don't realize what's coming off here, but... I know that if you would not want to be the way that you are right now, like you would, you would have regrets. So, you know, just be aware. And he'd be like, Oh, I kind of feel it. You know, I am, I'm going to go take a moment over here. And like for Dave, sometimes going on a run would help, or, you know, maybe we need to go like, you know, just different things that I know would help him. You know, we would try to make sure we bring out the best in each other in those hard moments. Yeah, it's good. This focus on the family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you worry about tomorrow? Does the future feel uncertain? Is the past too painful to bear? Focus on the Family Canada is here to help, so you never have to walk alone. Every morning, our staff lift up your prayer requests. If your burdens are too much to carry on your own, you can request a free, one-time call with one of our counselors at focusonthefamily.ca today. That's focusonthefamily.ca. We're here to help. Grooming, abuse, exploitation. Sadly, these are some of the horrors that young girls face around the world. But counseling, medical attention, and healing, these are some of the blessings that girls receive in safe houses run by the ministry Dignity Freedom Network. Your gift can be the promise to a brighter future. Restore freedom and dignity for children broken by injustice. Change a life forever at dfncanada.info. dfncanada.info. Parlez-vous français or know anyone who does? At Focus on the Family Canada, we have a ministry dedicated to French-speaking families. Sign up for our free Focus Family magazine today to receive marriage and parenting advice grounded in biblical truth. Visit our website, focusfamille.ca, for more resources in French. That's focusfamille.ca. 
Rendez-vous sur notre site focusfamille.ca et abonnez-vous à notre magazine gratuit. À bientôt! Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Um, let me ask you this. Most couples promise to forsake all others. That's one of the vows in most of our traditional wedding experiences. Um, tragically, Dave, you counseled a couple, and this is, you know, the most serious that we hear here at Focus, where there was infidelity. Um, you call him Jason. I'm sure that's not his real name. Describe what happened and give us an idea of the way he found to repair that in his marriage. Yeah, absolutely. And just as a real quick precursor leading up to that, I think this forsaking all others vow we associate exclusively with adultery. But I, I do think that, not to take too much of a rabbit hole here, but there are so many ways that we can put other people ahead of our spouse mm -hmm. oh, and break true. that vow by, yeah. you know, even uh, an unhealthy unhealthy relationship with a friend where we're giving that friend more than we are giving our spouse, or maybe we're giving more loyalty to a, a, a parent relationship than we are to our spouse. And there are so many ways that we can get out of balance with this. Mm. Yes. But it, yes, the, the most egregious form of forsaking all others is certainly in an affair, a, an adulterous affair. And that's what Jason found himself in. Mm -hmm. And Jason was a friend and tragically have had several friends through the years that we've worked through and, and counseled in similar ways. But in his situation, it was messy. He'd gotten involved with a woman at work, and he'd put boundaries down, and uh, work-related text messages had turned into um, kind of more personal text messages, which had turned to flirtatious text messages. And and they started connecting uh, at work and for conversations that weren't just related to work. And, and little boundaries, little poor choices, and, and affairs usually not just one huge poor choice. It's a thousand little poor choices that lead to one huge poor choice. And when that came to light, Uh, it was such a mess. And I think his first instinct was, well, I've, I've blown it in my marriage, and so now maybe I should just create a new life with this woman. Maybe we should just both leave our families and start over together. It's a very typical rationalization. Yeah, because right, in some ways it, it is all options seem bad, but this one seems easier. It's like, well, I mean, we're, this is what I'm already doing, and I'm going to always be the bad guy in my marriage now. And you believe a lot of lies, I think. Mm -hmm. Sin causes you to believe a lot of lies. And so sitting down with Jason, I just kind of opened up Scripture, pray with him, listen to him, and helped him realize, man, the, the best thing you can do is fight for your marriage, to end this relationship, which you know is wrong, you know is unhealthy, you know is potentially breaking up two families, mm -hmm. which is not God's design. Um, and she gave him the opportunity to do that, as brokenhearted as she was, she gave him that opportunity, and he fought for her trust. Little by little, that trust was rebuilt. It's been said trust is built in drops and lost in buckets. You know, you build it huh. a drop at a time. Wow. You can dump a whole bunch out at once. Oh, yeah. And one drop at a time, he he filled that bucket back up. And um, and years later, their marriage is in a much stronger place, and safeguards are in place that should have been there all along. And let me let me ask yeah. you this, because so often we have hope restored, which is a great, mm -hmm. it's a great marriage resource. intensive. Yeah, it's great. And many couples that are there are there for this very course, reason, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, probably about half. I mean, I'm just right. guessing, but I think that's pretty close. Mm -hmm. And speak for the woman in that moment, and how does she get her equilibrium with the idea that, you know, now she could leave that marriage and do it in a godly context, right. but no, I'm going to stay and fight for that marriage. And some women are going... Why would she do that? Yeah. So that's a bundle of stuff there, but 
unpack it for us. I completely understand. And, you know, we we have counseled many couples going through this dynamic. And when a husband has cheated on a wife, I do hear from the wives, you know, obviously they're angry. They're so angry. And they have every right to be angry because he broke her trust. And, you know, but the feelings as far as that they do feel this inadequacy, like why didn't I? And it, it's very interesting what the where the mind goes because they feel an inadequacy, first of all, like why was he attracted to this other person and how could he take it to the extent that he took it? And I just want to say, if this has happened to you, you did nothing to bring this on. I mean, this no. is a decision your husband made. Husbands, if your wife cheated on you, same thing. It's a decision your wife made. And, and we don't need to carry that. Uh, but as far as like deciding whether to stay or go, that's something you both have to prayerfully consider because you do, you know, with infidelity, have a right to leave. But I think where a lot of, I know you're talking about women specifically, the women that come back to it and are like, no, I feel like God wants me to stay. They've really prayerfully considered it. And also it usually comes down to a husband who is willing to do the hard work of regaining their trust. Right, they're seeing signs. They've got to have hope. They have to have hope. Exactly. Hope restored, that's the question they ask. Do you believe God could work a miracle Mm -hmm. in your marriage? They need to answer that yes. And usually it's like, yeah, God's the only one who can fix them. Exactly. But at least you have hope. It You're may right. be angry hope, if I could put it that mm-hmm. way. But, I mean, this is it, – it's so important. And, of course, I know we have men listening going, yeah, the shoe was on the other foot. It was my wife that had the affair. Right. We get that. Yes. We're not ignoring you. We see you. Mm-hmm. But generally, it's men having affairs. It just – that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate it happened to you. But translate it for your situation. I mean, that's doable. Let's move to another of the vows, until death do us part. Um, there are a lot of people going through a lot of strain right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, some of us see it in parents that are in their 80s and they're struggling. Um, it's all over the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom's gone first. Dad doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Dad's gone. Mom doesn't know what to do. The death do us part. How do you put definition to that? Mm-hmm. How, how does that fit in the vows and what is God asking us to do? Yeah. Well, I think the simplest way to look at it is just to say, like, this this is a commitment we're making with no exit strategy, with no escape clause. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, I'm going to love you until or unless. And I think a simple way to live out this vow is to, to just take the word divorce out of the vocabulary, like to decide early on, like, that's just, a, it's a word we're not going to use. It's a threat we're not going to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that, I'm not talking about situations where there's real abuse going on and you're in a dangerous situation or where there's serial adultery, those kinds of things. I'm talking about the majority of couples who are just struggling, and every couple struggles at times, where the first temptation is to pull the escape lever and say, you know what, I'm just going to do life on my own. I'd be better off without you. But instead to say, like, no, uh, this is a covenant we've entered into, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to see this through, and we're going to walk through this valley. And what statistics have shown is that couples that choose to walk through those difficult times together tend to end up stronger and happier on the other side, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if that valley is a one or two year period to say it's tough right now. You know, we're rubbing each other the wrong way right now, but we're going to choose in advance that we're going to stay together no matter what. Most of the time when you get to the other side of it you're stronger and happier and really thankful that you you didn't give up. You know, one of the joys I have is uh, occasionally I'll catch wind or somebody at Focus will know about a couple who supports the ministry having their 50th, of course, but oh, I love that. but 65. Mm-hmm. I think wow. I signed one in the last couple of weeks. It was their 70th. Wow. That's wow. a wedding anniversary. Amazing. And that's, that, awesome. that's how I actually signed the PS. Wow. I know. Right. <laughs> I can't believe you got to 70 years <laughs> yeah. married. Keep going. Yeah. But what a great example. I always try to write, what a great example you are to those around you, those yes. who love you, that you stayed committed. 
What uh, would be the must-haves for the couples, I mean, hopefully all of us who want to get to the end together, whether it's, you know, 20 years or 50 years or 70, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to signing that 75th. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's rare because people don't typically live that long, but what an incredible, uh, not just tradition, but a monument to the Lord for those kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids. Yes, yes. But what are the must-haves to get there? Well, I, wow. I would say start with listening to the daily broadcast to focus on the family. <laughs> There's, that's, there you Here's go. Here's your $5. <laughs> you. you can add the Naked Marriage podcast to your listening that's list as right, well if you like. Right. Uh, but no, truly, the I think that it's intentionality mm-hmm. to continue to pursue each other, to grow in your friendship with each other, which can grow richer through every season of marriage, to be just kind to each other. I think so often we give our best to strangers and coworkers throughout the day, and then we give our leftovers to our spouse. Mm-hmm. I think that affection needs to be important. Guys, let me give you a quick challenge. Most women have a desire for a lot of non-sexual physical touch. Guys, give your wife a massage, put your arm around her shoulder, hold her hand, never stop doing those things. She craves that and she needs that. Mm -hmm. Laugh together a lot. Laughter is one of the most intimate Mm -hmm. acts I think a couple can share. Pray together. Yes, yes. Sweetie, what would you add? Gosh, I was just, I was going to add prayer. I mean, we've always prayed together. And I even think too, even if couples listening haven't ever done that together, like maybe you've prayed by yourself and you've never prayed together, you can start now. Like, don't feel like, oh my goodness, all those things Dave lifted off and including prayer, we've not done. Let today be the day where you start some of these things. I think it's just important to be intentional and just even taking one new thing that you want to bring in, like let it be prayer and just pray every day together. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Just talk to your father and he wants to hear from you. Because I feel like when a couple prays together, it does two things. First of all, it humbles themselves before the Lord. But secondly, it makes you humble yourself towards your spouse, and it keeps that heart of flesh from being a heart of stone. And we want that tender heart towards each other because we're going to go through hard times. It's hard to have an attitude when you pray. It it, it really is. It's instantly (laughs) convicting. It's so convicting, yes. If you had a little spat and then you pray... I mean, it, the Lord is right on top of that. When it's like <laughs> yeah. all Every the time. alarm bells in heaven are going off, yes. you know. It's, 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 and okay, let's pray. And you start praying. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. It, it like amazing. crushes your flesh. Mm. It does in a great way. In the best way. You're right. You're right. <laughs> this has been so good. Thanks for being with us. Oh, we, thanks we for having us. We love thanks it. for having us. Obviously, we had a great time in the studio with our guests, Dave and Ashley Willis, and uh, they've been with us last time and today discussing their pair of books, Seven Days to a Naked Marriage. Uh, There's a husband's edition and a wife's edition of those books, which we're bundling together for you, and you can find details at our website, focusonthefamily.ca. And when you get in touch, let me remind you that Focus on the Family Canada is listener-supported, which means you play an important role to help us strengthen marriages and rescue those couples who may be hurting. Our research shows we help more than 440,000 husbands and wives build stronger relationships just over the last 12 months. And another 140,000 marriages in crisis were able to make a significant progress toward healing and reconciliation. I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot more work to do, and we're counting on friends like you to partner with us. So a monthly pledge will be great, uh, or even a one-time gift if that's all you can do, whatever you can do to help married couples thrive. Donate today and get that book bundle, Seven Days to a Naked Marriage, when you call 800 232 6459 800, the letter A and the word family, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. 
And at the website, we have an additional resource for you. It's a free marriage assessment that you and your spouse can take. Uh, It's easy. It's pretty enlightening. You're going to quickly discover what's working well in your relationship, and you may find a few areas uh, that you can improve on. And we're going to urge you to check out the Focus on Marriage assessment today. Coming up tomorrow, Pastor Phil Waldrip explains why it's much better to forgive than to seek vengeance. Can I tell you something this morning? You can try all you want to get even and get revenge, and even if you succeed, you won't be happy because you'll still be in bondage. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.